Really, the goal is just to use our stories to bring veterinary medicine to life for the pet caretakers of the world. Uh, and we're doing it because we believe that educating these caretakers is the most powerful thing that we can do to improve the life quality of all of the pets that we love. Hi, everybody. It's Dr. Natalie Keith. Dr. Mariah Goodall. This is Vet Tales. And we're at Northside Veterinary Hospital, Johnny, sure are. Oklahoma, again, today. <laughs> so um, I'm really excited to have you, Dr. Goodall, talking about our topic today. Yeah. Um, this is like, you excel in this, in this area of dentistry. Yeah, it's definitely one of my favorite parts of medicine. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's something that you kind of gravitate to. I think it's because it's... At least for, you know, the aspect of doing dentals, it's a really meticulous process. Mm -hmm. And and so I think that is probably, it appeals to you. Yeah. Um, but, I, I mean, all of us are really focused on just dental health in general, which starts way before going to the dental table. Yes, it does. So, um, I was, th it's, it's something every dog has, right? It, Teeth? Teeth. Yep. Theoretically. <laughs> you know, at least at some point. They should start with teeth. They yeah. Should, yeah. Um, well, they start without teeth, and then they get them, and then they get new ones. Yeah. And then hopefully they keep them, but sometimes they don't. <laughs> sometimes they don't. Yeah. <laughs> so it applies to everybody. I think, um, you know, I see a lot of the dental issues right off the bat, like during a oral exam. Um, owners are concerned. I feel like the number one thing they bring up is breath. Yes, you hear that all the time. Why does his breath smell so bad? Yeah. What can we do about his breath? Yeah, because that's the thing that's impacting them. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what the owner is picking up on because it's in their face, literally. Yes, literally in their face. In yeah. their face, ew. Yeah. Um, you know, when my husband and I first got together, he had this miniature pincher. Oh, yeah. Named Jingles. Okay. Uh, and Jingles had atrocious breath. Mm -hmm. Like... Actually, when, when Parker's great-grandmother would come over, she would ask that we put him up because she couldn't stand being in the same room as him. Because he would pant in the breath. Yes. His breath smelled so bad. Yeah. Um, and this was, I mean, this was when I was still doing vet assistant work, but took him to the doctor I worked for, and she was just getting into dentistry stuff. Oh, yeah. And found this massive tooth roof abscess. Yeah, that'll and do it. And his breath smelled yeah. much better. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I had a cavalier, Eliza, and she had um, notoriously, like, really difficult to maintain teeth. She was getting mm -hmm. her teeth cleaned professionally, like, every eight months. But she would, um, she was a panter. Mm -hmm. And so she would, um, in the car, stand up, like, on the console and, like, be in the air conditioner with it, like, <laughs> oh, no. you know, in her face and panting. It was so glorious. And all of that just wafted straight upon me. So I was very aware yeah. of breath problems. Mm -hmm. Eliza, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, so, so I think that's, you know, the thing that owners notice, but then, like, we are looking so much deeper when the pet actually is coming into us. But owners right. could do some of that at home, too, I mm -hmm. feel like, you know, looking at the teeth. So the what, teeth. Are, yeah. what are some of the things that you're looking for specifically? So when I'm looking at teeth, I'm looking at, of course, tartar buildup, mm -hmm. and that's pretty apparent to, to most everyone. You know, if that tooth is 
um, you know, brown or gray or even yellow. Mm -hmm. Sometimes yellow is just discoloration, but yellow can also be tartar. Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's really easy, I think, in the exam room to show owners too and be like, see this brown stuff on your dog's teeth? Yeah. Like, we need to get that off. Mm -hmm. But we're also looking at gum health. Yep. So if your gums are bright red right along the tooth line. And poofy. And poofy. Um, or even like starting to, in like your boxers overgrow. Mm -hmm. uh, then that's telling you that, that you have some sort of dental disease there too. And I think people, a lot of people relate to like gingivitis and yep. like gum health issues because a lot of us have it. Mm -hmm. And I know that I get yelled at for not flossing because mm -hmm. my gums bleed when I go to the dentist. And yeah. it's kind of the same thing with your dogs. Uh, if you're not brushing their teeth or something at home, then, then yeah, you're going to have a lot of gum bleeding. Mm -hmm. um, but we also look at gum recession. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where that tartar and that bacteria has pushed the gum tissue back. And so sometimes I can show owners that. Yeah. Or loose teeth. Mm -hmm. um, that's always kind of the big like, whoa, yeah. uh, in the exam room when you can wiggle a tooth. Yes. And you're like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, one of my favorite stories, I tell it all the time, but they, I had this old um, chihuahua that came in for an exam, and the, the technicians had brought it back to treatment to, like, do a toenail trim or something, so I'd already kind of sneak peeked at the mouth. Mm -hmm. And we go into the room, and I'm telling the owner, I'm like, hey, you know, I'm pretty concerned about some of Fluffy's teeth. And um, and so I – and he's like, Really? And I was like, yeah, let, let me show you. There's one in particular that I'm really concerned about. And so we, we get Fluffy up on the table. I don't, just to be clear, I don't remember the dog's actual name. It wasn't Fluffy. But anyway, I, um, I lift up the dog's lip and I'm like, it's right back. And about the time I do that, the tooth falls out of the dog and bounces across the stainless steel table and onto the floor. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, it's right about there as I point across the room and I'm like that anyway one. so we got that one real we're like you know that's no longer a huge problem um but we but might have other the rest teeth. of these yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so yes wiggly teeth is a thing uh-huh it is um kind yeah of fun though it is kind of fun in a weird way yeah. it really is it's like popping pimples uh -huh. for, for people who like to pop pimples I feel like yeah. wiggly teeth is the same yeah you're like it's this it's this one or here yeah, see how see I can wiggle how it, it wiggles <laughs> Um, or like sometimes I will push on the gum and like some purulent exudate, as oh, commonly yeah. referred to as pus, will come out. And uh -huh. I, and I, apparently the tech, technicians tell me I have a very classic um, sound effect that I make <laughs> spontaneously when I see really bad teeth. And I don't even know if I can recreate it, but it's it's definitely a, like a gasp, a sh like a shriek combination. Like, <gasps> <laughs> thing that happens when I when I see that and I don't even I don't do it to like traumatize owners it just literally every time gets me yeah so I mean we see some pretty impressive mouths yeah like yeah sometimes I actually find myself being guilty of like seeing a mouth that just has some tartar and mild gingivitis and I'm like hey this is great right you know just we've by got context. time yeah we've got time just within the next six months that's what I usually tell people at that point mm-hmm yeah, like let's let's handle this before it gets bad. Yeah, before we end up wiggly and full of mm -hmm. liquid and stuff. That's gross. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, so yeah, why? I guess you want to talk about why else do we care? Yeah, like, yeah. You know, why do we care if all the dogs' teeth are rotting? If they're just gonna fall out anyway on their own? Right. Uh, and I think that's actually 
kind of one of the things I tell owners to to kind of emphasize how important dental health is because it's it's relevant in us too humans too um but that bacteria you know when you have gingivitis and you have those bleeding gums that means you have open blood vessels Mm -hmm. and then you have bacteria living in these basically like apartment complexes that's what yeah tartar and and plaque buildup is is it's little condominiums for all the bacteria Mm -hmm. and so now you've opened up a highway right next to their condo and they're getting in that bloodstream and traveling to the heart they're traveling to kidneys they're traveling to liver they can kind of go everywhere in the body and then once they set up there you're gonna have a hard time getting rid of it and you're gonna have disease in those organs Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's heart disease and small so breed dogs. Classic, yeah. yeah. For your Chihuahua to come in with with bad teeth, and you're like, well, let's find the heart murmur, yeah. and it's there uh, because they that bacteria will set up on the heart valves. Mm-hmm. And some of that can be reversible. You know, mm-hmm. you can deal with the teeth disease, you can treat the infection systemically, but not all of that goes away. There is, mm-hmm. you know, chronic long term damage that happens in the heart because of that. Yeah, you get scarring of mm-hmm. in, anywhere. Those little valves mm-hmm. just can't handle it. Yep, and so then you end up, yeah, with this dog who may, you know, maybe would have developed heart disease, but maybe would have developed it two or three later. years later. Yeah. So staying on top of, of their dental health is more than just their bad breath. Yeah. Um, more than just their gums bleeding. It really is a whole body issue. Yeah. So that, uh, I think that's really important for, for owners to understand that I'm not... I'm not vain. I'm not like, oh, your dog just... Has um, dirty teeth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we need a pearly white smile. <laughs> I'm really trying to protect their long-term health yeah. when we're recommending these things. Yeah, on a preventative level before it's, you know, damage that can't be undone. Mm-hmm. The other thing, too, that clients ask me a lot, um, or that I will stay say, is that, you know, it's painful. Mm-hmm. Um, not all stages of teeth disease are painful. Like, tartar is not painful. But gingivitis is. Mm-hmm. Tooth root abscesses, let me tell you, I had a wisdom tooth abscess when I was in college, and that hurt worse than when I broke my wrist. Like, do not recommend. <laughs> Horrible experience. Yeah. One out of five stars. Uh-huh. So um, I feel for those dogs, you know, that because it could take months to a year, maybe longer, before the tooth finally falls out of the head on its own. Mm-hmm. And every time they're trying to chew or, you know, lick or, you know, play, it hurts. Yeah. I think some of the pushback I get from that is, well, he's still eating. Uh, And I went to a CE once, and the way that they told us to told owners, I don't think I've ever used this line, like, to an owner's face um, because it seems a little abrasive is that but here we go on podcast all of you at once I mean I'm not saying it about any one specific dog but it's like the the only reason your dog's gonna stop eating because of dental disease is because they'd rather die than eat. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That's harsh. <laughs> it is uh, harsh. What I say to owners all the time is, you have any idea how bad my mouth would have to hurt before I would skip a meal over it? Yeah. Like, I will just find a way. Yeah, you, I mean, and they do. They do find a way, but that's really the level of pain they have to be at is, yeah. you know, like, I would rather die than experience I would experience rather starve that. to death than experience the pain. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it's not painful. Yeah. It does. It does yeah. still hurt. You know, jingles, going back to my husband's min pin, when we took that bad tooth out, a couple weeks later, he was playing with a ball. And I remember Parker being like, he hasn't done that in years. Yeah. 
Yes, absolutely. And cats too. You know, I think that's something we commonly see with cats because they'll have really silent dental disease. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of it's happening below the gum line. So you can actually look in a cat's mouth. And unless you're, you know, trained in, you know, root resorption, um, like, you know, identifying that and all that stuff, they can look pretty darn normal. Mm-hmm. And um, and they will just, they just won't clean themselves and they mm-hmm. won't play and um, they'll be more reclusive. And and especially in some of your more active breeds, like the Bengals and, and stuff, you'll, when you get those fixed, you'll see them start exhibiting their original personalities again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think. Especially in cats, a lot of people are like, oh, they're just growing up, you know, they're yeah. maturing, this, this is just, you know, part of part of that. Getting and it's like, older. actually, they're painful. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so, um, so let's just say, hypothetically, that we don't want those things to happen. We don't want our animal to be in pain. We don't want their breath to stink. We don't want to lose teeth. We don't want heart disease. What can we start doing right off the get-go to start putting them in a good position? So starting with your puppies, your kittens, get them used to having their teeth brushed. Yeah. Like if you can do that from day dot, you know, even with their puppy teeth, they're going to lose their puppy teeth, but it's like it's like your toddler, you're still yeah. teaching them how to take care of their teeth. Um so so teach your your young dogs how to do that. That's not going to necessarily avoid the dental table. Just like we still go to the dentist uh-huh. even though we brush our teeth hopefully twice a day for yep. most of us. <laughs> or three times. Yeah, yeah, depending on the person. <laughs> floss compulsively I don't know, you know? <laughs> not I don't I hate flossing that's fine I like to floss more than I like to brush oh interesting yeah but anyway yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're all different we are all different yeah for sure but teaching them you know teaching your, your pet and getting yourself in the habit of brushing at least once a day um on your pet I, ideally twice but you know I'm busy too yeah I mean I'm gonna be honest I'm bad about that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard. And you can, on big dogs, you can get away with more. Yeah. But if you've got a little dog, like, you need to make this routine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, know, know when you're getting your Yorkie or your Chihuahua that you need to commit to yeah. taking care of their oral health. Yes. The, the smaller the dog, the more this is going to be an issue mm-hmm. where you have to, like, be a, a participating factor in this pet's yep. oral care. Yep. For sure. If you you kind of miss the boat on puppyhood and your dog does not tolerate um, getting their teeth brushed, there's some other options out there. Um, Dr. Keith really likes little dental wipes. I do. I think they are really satisfying because yeah. you can see the gunk. Yeah, they're just these little circles, and you just like a Stridex pad. Yeah, they look like a Stridex yeah. pad. Yeah, and you wrap it around your finger, and then you just touch the dog's teeth. You just wipe it with your finger, and uh, dogs that are really um, objecting to the toothbrush tolerate just your finger a lot Mm -hmm. better um so you know it definitely beats a poke in the eye and then they have things in there like the antimicrobials and enzymes to help break down the tartar buildup and stuff like that so yes i could go on for days about how much i love those wipes (laughs) it's a game changer yeah and they are a lot of fun Mm -hmm. Uh, and they're effective yeah so they're they're a great option too uh, there are lots of dental chews out there. Uh, I do think, I do caution owners on them. Uh, if you have a dog who just like rips things and then swallows it, like they're mm-hmm. not doing any good. And if you have a dog who's prone to being overweight, then you also have to consider the, the calories in those chews. And then also most dogs have a side that they prefer to chew on. 
and so oftentimes with these these chewable things you're not getting both sides but again it's better than nothing yeah and so if that's if that's your only option and then then go for it see how they work for you and and the non-consumable chew toys too there's mm -hmm. some like that that help at least for friction yeah yeah, that you like slather a little something on and mm -hmm. then they chew. Yeah, I've seen those too. I don't have any personal experience with those. Have you ever messed with it's them? It's just messy, you know. So if, you know, if you're putting this stuff on there and then they're like getting it wet and slobbery and then dropping it on your carpet, like <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> so that would be my, my personal experience with it. But I don't really know any of my clients that have just really latched on to that. Mm -hmm. Now, some of them, like the dogs will just like to chew on uh -huh. toys and that seems to help but a lot of times those are the bigger dogs and they don't have as many dental issues anyway mm -hmm. yeah more space in those mouths yeah um yeah minus the boxer yeah boxers are the exception to yeah. like every rule yeah right oh gosh <laughs> i sure do love them though yeah they're great dogs they are great dogs um what about the water additives have you i my experience hearing clients talk about them i actually have never used one um, but my experience with that is is that a lot of people don't notice a difference. You yeah. Know, really, because most people who pick those up, they're trying to to freshen the breath. Yeah. Like so, with Eliza, oh, I tried it, and uh -huh. she just was like, "This is disgusting." No. Yeah. That's. And what then I've if heard. you diluted it out enough that she would drink the water, it like was ineffective at that point. <laughs> so it's like water again. <laughs> and so I, I think it would take a special dog to actually consume that. Mm -hmm. They must. There must be dogs out there or they wouldn't be trying to manufacture this stuff. But Yeah. So, you know, again, it may be better than nothing. I've definitely talked to clients about it where they're like, doesn't you? I can't get anywhere near their mouth. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and so, so it's like, well, try this and see what happens. Yeah. But definitely probably at the bottom of my list of recommendations. Yeah. I just see them out there. Yeah. And so, you know, if clients are seeing them out there too and wondering, like, what is this all about? It's like, oh. You can give it a shot. Mm -hmm. It can't hurt, probably, I think. Except for maybe your pocketbook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it might just be wasteful. Yeah. So, um, And then looking at, you know, I think if clients are going to look in the mouth at home, it's really helpful. But one, um, as far as just preventive stuff, again, um, I think the biggest thing is that people forget to pull that lip all the way back and look at those back teeth. Mm -hmm. You know, they'll just lift the side up, you know, which I can be guilty of at times too, you know, and just assume that if the canines and those first few premolars look okay, that like we're fine. Mm -hmm. And that's just not true. No. Yeah. Actually from, you know, looking at, I don't know, thousands of dogs mouths and cats mouths, cats, especially yeah. even, um, that, big molar that that really big um first molar that when you look in your pet's mouth you'll see it that tends to be the one that the tartar buildup starts on yeah and so if you're only looking at your incisors your canines or even your your first little premolars you're probably missing the beginning of of the tartar buildup and the dental mm -hmm. disease in your pet's mouth yeah yeah you really have it's to always the, the first back. one to abscess too mm -hmm. i feel like yep that big old carnasal tooth. Yeah, and in your heavy chewers, it's the most common one to break. To fracture, yeah. Mm -hmm. For sure, like a slab fractures on them mm -hmm. and stuff, too. So, yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah, which kind of, we didn't really touch on this, but, like, um, when the tooth itself is actually turning, because we talked about, like, tartar being brown on the tooth, but sometimes, like, canines, for example, you'll see them turn 
brown or gray or pink. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge problem. So if you notice, like, when you're looking in your dog's mouth and their canine looks almost translucent and pink, that's a dead tooth. Yes, it is. I and guess. canines do not want to fall out. No, they they will abscess up into the nose before oh, they... Oh, I love that. Good old-fashioned <laughs> fistula. Yeah. Dachshunds are classic for that. They have the worst breath, too. They do, yeah. Just even when their mouth is healthy, I feel mm-hmm. like. We, we had a dachshund, and uh, her breath always just stunk no matter what. Yeah, I don't... I almost have a theory that, like, dachshunds have some sort of autoimmune ligament, like periodontal ligament disorder, because I feel like their teeth... Yeah. Don't have to look bad. That is, yeah. For them to be bad. Agree. I think, and bringing up the periodontal ligament, I think is really important because I feel like a lot of clients get frustrated because let's say they have a dachshund and, or other small dog, but a lot of times dachshunds, and they've done the things, like they've cleaned their dog's teeth routinely, they've taken them in for their dentals, and yet that dog reaches the age of like 10, 12, and the teeth get wiggly anyway and mm-hmm. start falling out, and the owners feel like really defeated. Like, what did I do wrong? Was I negligent? You know, did I, you know, miss the boat somewhere? And I try to explain to them sometimes these periodontal ligaments just check out. Yeah, they just fail. They're like, we're done. Can you tell people what that is? So the periodontal ligament is the little strong bit of tissue. It's really tough, but it actually connects the tooth to the the socket, the tooth socket, and is what physically holds that tooth in place. Into the jawbone, yeah, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So that, you know, when you when that fails, then uh, that's that's the tooth that gets loose. That's the tooth that has uh, a really deep periodontal pocket, which is one thing we check for. That's when the condos. Mm-hmm. For the bacteria to move into. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's how they move down in there and they set up shop and And then you have infection and the infection further degrades the periodontal ligament and Mm then the wiggling progresses and it's just a nasty cycle until the tooth gets out yeah i think it's probably a great point to to point out that i get a lot of questions about well why can't we just do a root canal oh yeah on these teeth and it's because unlike in humans where our most common disease is actually rotting of the tooth itself uh, you know, we get cavities, and then you the cavity gets to to the pulp, the center of the tooth, and so we do a root canal. And most dogs, their dental disease has to do with that periodontal ligament. It's happening outside and outside around the of tooth. the tooth. Yeah, and there is no way to restore that periodontal ligament once it disappears. Yeah, the tooth bone is no longer connected to the jaw bone. <laughs> if we want to use the saw. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and that's I mean yeah that's. So we ultimately have to, to pull most of those teeth. Root canals are really only an option for those fractures that mm-hmm. we catch before they turn into tooth root yeah. abscesses. Which is usually going to be like on your canines and those big carnasal teeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. I also, so I have these owners um, that will get really distressed about the idea of extractions of teeth. Mm-hmm. And I think it is kind of like based in the fact that like for a human to lose a tooth, it's a very different scenario. Like there's so many things you do before you lose a tooth and it almost feels like this emotional like loss, like you're attached to your teeth. I mean, not just physically. (laughs) Um, And so they have like this anxiety associated with 
the dog losing teeth. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you tell your owners that are struggling with that? I do my best and doesn't always work, but to reassure them that the pets don't care what their smile looks like. The pets want to eat. And once we take that painful tooth out, the things that they want to do, like, Mm -hmm. like eating, like playing becomes so much easier. Yeah. Yeah. Clients say that to me all the time. Well, how are they going to eat? You know, and it's like, they just don't have any trouble. Mm -hmm. They really don't. I mean, I've done full mouth extractions on cats. So taken out every tooth out of their head and told owners, you know, they may go back to eating hard food and sure enough, they come in and they're like, he wanted his kibbles. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen cats, um, cause cats will get a really severe autoimmune disease. Um, caudal stomatitis is what we call it where they, um, the immune system is attacking all of these teeth and we, the only way to stop it is to extract all the teeth, which I know sounds aggressive and, and it is, but it mm-hmm. is also the only thing you can really do in a severe case. Mm-hmm. And I, so these cats will come in and they'll sit there like with their mouth kind of cocked open and they won't swallow and there's drool just coming down and it's bleeding and it's painful and swollen. And you get them this dental procedure and we remove all the teeth. And the next day when they haven't eaten for days, the very next day they will, you can put kibble and can in there. And if they want kibble, they'll eat it because yep. they already feel better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've already taken out It's like out taking that. a thorn out. Uh-huh. Is essentially what's going on because the, the body has decided that the tooth is a is a foreign object, like, mm-hmm. a, like a splinter, and is, is trying to eject it. <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of here. You are not lo- – like, it's just like when we've all had those deep splinters that, like, eventually mm-hmm. pop out. It's like the same thing is happening but for these animals' teeth, teeth and that yeah. hurts like the dickens. Mm-hmm. Not fun. So, yeah, I mean, but yeah, those cats, it's amazing how quickly they'll turn around and go back to eating and then their coat gets all nice and shiny again and they fill back out because a lot of those cats are so painful, they're not Not eating. eating, Or not eating well, mm -hmm. you know, they maybe eat half, like just half of what they should be eating so they're not starving. Yeah. But then they're like, it's not worth it now. Mm -hmm. No place to be. And then, yeah, they they fill back out and yes really rewarding actually seeing those cats before yeah. and after yeah and they just do not care their gummy little smiles are perfectly <laughs> fine with them uh-huh so some owners get distressed on dogs their tongue will start to loll out of their mouth when they yeah. use their canines but a lot of times if we can do routine dental care the canines are, are one of the last teeth to go mm-hmm. so cosmetically that's helpful it is helpful you know yeah because yeah i mean I think the tongue lolling out of the mouth in like your little Yorkie that is you know someone's like carrying it is yeah. just so cute. I know, <laughs> and they just lick, uh-huh. and it just curls. I mean, yeah, it's adorable, but I get it. Like they, it does age them a bit, you know, yeah. and, and that's sometimes distressing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can get that. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, we jumped like way ahead into like extractions and full mouth extractions, <laughs> but let's just say our dog has a little bit of gingivitis and some tartar and we need a routine dental. Um, this is like your wheelhouse. So walk us through what that looks like for you. So of course we start out with all of our pre-anesthetic stuff. These kiddos are going to go under anesthesia. Um, you know, dental x-rays are uncomfortable enough for me who understands what's going on. They do hurt a bit, yeah. They do. Like, Biting that plate? Bite down, and it's like your plate's pushing into my palate. What are you doing? It's sharp. (laughs) It is sharp. Yeah. Um, So we we do this under anesthesia, uh, and then, but what 
What we start with on all of our patients is, is x-rays. So if you've been to the dentist, um, you know, in your adult life, you're familiar with, with kind of how that goes. But we take full mouth x-rays so that we can assess under the gum line. Uh, a lot of disease will hide, and I think we've kind of touched on this a couple of times, where, you know, on the surface it may look like some mild gingivitis, but underneath you have disease of some sort that needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. So really important to, to do that. And, and there's then, like something crazy, like 45% of the tooth or something is below the gum line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did I make that up or is that right? Uh, you're pretty close. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. I mean, obviously it depends on the tooth. Yeah. But I, I mean, your canine, it's even a lot of times even more than yeah, that. Yeah. Like it's, 65 or something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of tooth and, and you know, one thing we also have talked about in the past is when you're looking at a in a pet's mouth, you're only seeing the outside of the teeth too. Yeah. And so doing, you know, while we're doing the x-rays, uh, I'm, I'm pretty well in the, in the mouth and looking at everything, you know, looking at the palate, looking, um, back at the back of the mouth. Your dentist does this too. He may not vocalize it, mm-hmm. but they get those little mirrors out. Uh huh. Yeah. They're looking everywhere for, for signs of any other oral disease, um, melanomas, like, so melanoma is a type of cancer. It likes to hide out in, in the mouth. Or squamous cells in cats. Mm -hmm. Cats will get, yeah, for sure that, and that's a pretty gnarly, pretty aggressive type of cancer. And so that's something we're, we're looking at while we have that mouth open and we can see both sides of the teeth, the palate under the tongue. Uh, you know, we've definitely found some interesting yeah. diseases under and even in the tongue. Yes. Uh, which is not Because so- you can feel the tongue mm-hmm. as it's, you know, they're not fighting you with it. So you can actually tell if there's like nodules under there and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Lymph nodes. Lymph nodes for sure. So after we do x-rays, then we... Uh, address any disease that we found, uh, but let's say this is a just a routine routine dental. Uh, then we'll move on to um, checking pockets and cleaning. And so checking pockets, we're looking to see uh, how much of that periodontal ligament has uh, disease in it. And so in cats, you really shouldn't have any pockets. Their periodontal ligaments are like so firm. Uh, in dogs, you should have a little bit that a little bit's acceptable, but a lot of times we'll find pockets um, that are, you know, twice what it should be, three times what it should be. And so if that's isolated to just one little part of the tooth, uh, once we get done with the cleaning, we'll use a product called Clinderol. And it's a antibiotic infused gel that kind of creates this matrix so that there's an ability like seal. yeah, for the gum tissue to kind of work its way back to the tooth. And when you're checking these pockets, you're essentially using the, it really it's similar to the human dentistry where they're just mm-hmm. putting that little tiny probe and it's got the little marks on it to tell you how yeah. deep you've gone. The yeah. little pokey bit where, you yeah. know, I, I've had it where like there's one person doing it and then she'll stop like poking my teeth and go put some numbers in or there's two people and one person's like calling out numbers as we go yeah. along. So yeah, that's, that's basically what we're doing. Yep. Um, if you have gingivitis, I don't, I don't know if anyone else has ever noticed this, but when I had really bad gingivitis because I wasn't going to the dentist often enough, whenever they did it, it would itch. Interesting. You know, I had really bad gingivitis when I was pregnant, which was interesting because you're, I guess, because you just have a ton of like <laughs> extra blood or something. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I do feel like it tickled. Yeah, it felt so bizarre. Yeah. 
But anyway, like I, someone like like Q-tipping in your ear. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah, and you just want to like scratch it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I get that. I think that maybe that's universally true. <laughs> okay. Either that or it's just us. You're, maybe. Okay. Anyway, we are a little odd. That's fair. Yeah. Unique. I like to call it. There unique. you go. Yes. 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 Um, so anyway, we we would do that, and then um, kind of simultaneously with that, we'll scale. Uh, which is uh, where the the tooth scraping, if you've ever had that done, or we actually use an ultrasonic, which is the one that kind of buzzes and, mm-hmm. and, and vibrates against your tooth, which I way prefer. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like, yes, as opposed to just taking something and scraping yes. it across, this is just like vibrating it off. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's less traumatic to me, and it's more effective. Uh-huh. And I feel like it's easier on the gum tissue. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's what we use uh, to get all that tartar off. We'll get between the teeth. Um, if we do have any pockets, we'll get down under the gum line. Uh, and then we polish, which uh, I always, like when I was young, um, thought that they were just like brushing my teeth at the end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's actually a, a polish, and that's to take all of the little tiny scratches that the scaler may have put on the tooth, take that off so that you have a smooth surface to prevent that tartar from building up again. again yeah. uh-huh. So it slides off easier. Yep. And then at that point, that's when we would do like the clinderol gel or, or whatever. Uh, and then we, we wake them up and we usually want to see them back in six months to a year. Yeah. Typically. Depending on the breed and age of the dog, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I think also maybe it's worth saying too, back to the tie in the routine dental with the extractions, those x-rays are what we are using to determine which teeth need to be removed. Mm -hmm. So I will tell owners all the time, because I don't do the dentals, I will see them in an exam and I will look and I'll say, okay, so based off what I'm seeing on the outside, Mm -hmm. I expect this many teeth, but ultimately when Dr. Goodall gets in there and does the x-rays, that is how we're going to determine, you know, this tooth looked horrible on the outside, but it's actually got really good integrity and we can save it versus this tooth looked completely normal on the outside. And it turns out there was a giant tooth root abscess Mm -hmm. that we could not see until we took the x-rays. So then like typically if there is a variation from what we expected, that's when we call owners and say, hey, you know, we found this tooth is bad um, and we need to pull it, you know, in order to not have this turn into a systemic infection in the next three months or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I've definitely been surprised on x-rays, like looking at mouths and being like, oh, this is horrible. Yeah. Uh, Or being like, oh, this isn't going to be too bad. And they actually have like yeah, I mean, your only sherbet really is, like, the wiggly tooth or, yeah. or the the translucent pink tooth. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's, like, it's an educated guess. Yeah. But the x-rays are the answer mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, and so, yeah, we're, we're assessing a lot of disease on that, you know, not just tooth root abscess, but also in cats, like, absorption, mm-hmm. resorption, um, and then uh, also just, like, integrity of, of the – the bone underneath sometimes the tooth itself looks okay but you'll have like lucency in the bone and that's one that you get worried about no doubt those are terrifying Mm -hmm. they are yeah we've had a few of those that Mm um have been i mean have ended up being just like early signs of of bone cancer yeah for sure so well and then like back to the boxer you know dealing with those epulis you know when their Mm -hmm. gums are overgrowing the teeth and Mm -hmm. things like that um so those can be dealt with at at the time in dental as well so so much is going on what is it they they tell us not to call them dentals or, or what are we supposed to call them oral health 
assessment, assessment and treatment, I think. So I think it's obvious why we don't end up going ahead and saying oh, that. Comprehensive. There's comprehensive <laughs> oral health assessment and treatment. It's a co-hat. A co-hat. Honestly, that's the best they came up with. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I get, like, I, I understand why they want us to get away from saying dental because it isn't just toothbrushing, like, what your groomer does. You mm-hmm. know, people, oh, my my, de- my groomer just cleaned my dog's teeth. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> You're, that's the same thing, like, what you do in the morning before you go to work yeah. is brush your teeth. This is what the dentist does, mm-hmm. which is, you know, a whole different ballgame. So, <laughs> and because it, it's not just the teeth, you know, it is all the things, the lymph nodes, the tissue, um, everything else that's going on in that patient's mouth plus the blood work that's coming along with it is giving us all sorts of systemic information um so it's it's so much more valuable than just a teeth cleaning mm-hmm. which yeah yeah that's a yeah but it's such a mouthful it really is <laughs> nobody wants to say cohat and then explain what and it then is. be like oh what i meant was comprehensive <laughs> oral health assessment treatment something i don't know i think i missed the letter but um yeah. I get why they want us to do it, but just from an owner comprehension standpoint and, and just, like, the absolute <laughs> displeasure of having to say it all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's not like, like, um, phaochromocytoma, where you where feel it's what's, where it's fun when you can <laughs> say that. And you're like, really? That's just a tumor in the adrenal gland. And you sound so smart. Yeah. No, it's not like that at all. No. Because it, it doesn't mean anything to someone who doesn't know what that means. Yeah, you know? I agree. Uh, so you're explaining it anyway, which, you know, it's easier just to say dental. I think I think that has more meaning to yeah. to your average owner. Yep. Yeah. And then it, and then going through the whole what are we actually doing? Uh-huh. You know. So that's what the whole point of the podcast was. Yeah. So cool. Um I think that's all I have. Okay. You know? I at this point I would be like, does anybody have any questions? <laughs> but so if you guys have any questions, let us know. Yeah, email, call, text, or comment on the actual um, podcast on mm-hmm. Spotify for sure has that if that's where you're listening. Um, but yeah, we just we're here to help you understand these topics and why they matter and how to help your pet in the best way so you don't like you know not have the information you need or want to have to make the best decisions you can. Yep. Okay. Cool. All right. Okay, well, until next time then, we'll see you guys around. Bye.